Welcome to Power of the Cross Radio Sermons. We are so happy you could join us. Next, you will be hearing a message from Pastor Farrell Wilson. Brother Wilson is the pastor of the Lighthouse Church in Grenada, Mississippi. To learn more about the Lighthouse, visit their website at grenadachurch.com. Now, on to the message. Exodus chapter 2, starting at verse 1, going to read down through verse 10. And there went a man of the house of Levi and took to wife a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son. And when she saw him that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. And when she could no longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and dabbed it with slime and pitch and put the child therein. She laid it in the flags by the river's brink. And his sister stood far off to wit what would be done to him. And the daughter of the Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river, and her maidens walked along by the river's side. And when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. And when she had opened it, she saw the child. And behold, the babe wept. And she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrew children. Then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for thee? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. And the woman too the child and nursed it. And the child grew, she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she called his name Moses. And she said, because I drew him out of the water. Let's pray together this morning for a moment. Lord, we come to you in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you for our mothers today. Your word says to give honor who honors due. And this morning, Lord, we take a few moments to just say thank you to our mothers. They have bore the load for many years, Lord, to raise the not only the children, but the entire families and those extended families in the church. And they've been great helps, Lord. And I just pray your blessings will be over them today. Anoint your word. Anoint us to hear. And I know we'll be careful to give you honor and praise. And we ask it in Jesus' name. And we say, Amen. <coughs> I couldn't think of a title for this this morning. It just escaped me. I've been working on it through the week. And, but I'll just give you this. Protect, build, release, and provide. That's the word I want to speak to you mothers and fathers this morning. Uh, in a little background on our opening text, in the, the first book of the Bible, Genesis, is, gives the account of when God created the earth and the birth of the nation of Israel. And that's just a real quick snapshot of what Genesis is. And then in Exodus... It comes along, we see the account of bondage and the deliverance of that nation, Israel. Exodus 1 and 8 says there rose up a king that didn't remember Joseph. There was a time that Israel was really thriving within Egypt. Uh, so much so, this king recognized and said, if we let them continue on, that they will overrun us eventually by numbers and their prosperity. They'll have everything we have. And the Pharaoh proved to be a very hard taskmaster to the Jews, and he brought bondage down upon them. And many attempts were made to slay the little boys, and the uh, 
if you will call the maids that were in charge of taking care of the Hebrew children, they defied Pharaoh's order. And it come to a point that Pharaoh noticed this, and he finally said, look, I'm going to kill these little boys one way or the other, and we're going to start chunking them in the river. And that's what they did. And we see God... We see the opposition that comes towards the Jews. And God begins to see the oppression of His people. And He brings a deliverer into the world through a man and a woman of the Levite, what will become the Levite tribe. The Levites would later become the line of priests that were in charge of the tabernacle and the temple. Now, verse 2 in our opening text says, This child was born to this Levite couple. And it says he was a beautiful boy. Hebrews 11.23 lets us know the couple understood this was no ordinary child. They knew when they looked at him, there was something special about him. Every Christian mother here today should realize that their child is something special. You have to realize that God has entrusted you as a mother. He gave that child to you for a season. To bring up and train in the ways of the Lord. That's what God expects out of every mother. And it's a sad day in our nation when the ladies are not taught this. But hopefully most churches out there this Sunday morning are at least teaching the ones that showed up to church, the the Christian ladies, hey, God loved you and trusted you enough. He gave you a beautiful child. And you should recognize that. Revelation 1 and 6 says, He made us kings and priests. Isn't that awesome? We may not have much here on this earth, but as far as God's concerned in His kingdom, He's made every one of us kings and priests within His kingdom. First Peter 2 and 9 goes on to say, But you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Now, the word peculiar to us is a little different today. In that time, it meant basically that God has built a fence around us. Isn't that wonderful to know that God builds a fence around the mothers? He builds a fence around your children. And not only do we have a responsibility to bless our children, we also have a responsibility, mothers, to protect our children. We must protect them through their childhood years and their teenage years and sometimes even beyond that. You have a responsibility as an adult. And as a mother and fathers to protect your children. Or you may be a stepfather. You may be a stepmother today. You may just be a, a, a lady by yourself raising your own children. Or you may be a father raising children by yourself this morning. But each one of us, as God has entrusted the, the small children, the teenagers to our care, we have to protect them. And in our times... We even have to protect them in the womb. Now, that's crazy enough not to think about just having to protect our children today in the womb. It, they've escalated the craziness, even a stepfather this year. In California, they're wanting to pass a law that says the mother can now wait up until two weeks after birth to terminate a child. We have some modern-day pharaohs trying to kill our children now. They're called Planned Parenthood. And abortion is once again taking the center stage of our nation. If you've watched the news to any degree this week, you've heard all the 
garbage going on and the escalation of what has happened with abortion. I remember not so long ago, I told the church, I remember even sending out a text before that case was going to the Supreme Court. I remember sending out the text about Mississippi, and I said that be praying about this bill with Mississippi. In fact, God had laid it on my heart so much that the decision made will determine our nation's future because it's that important. And if you don't know, I'll just give you a real quick snapshot of what the case is about. It doesn't ban abortion, but it does say this. Mississippi says we have our own right as a state to determine that after 15 weeks of pregnancy, that child is now a human being. Uh, the Bible says you were conceived in your mother's womb. I believe it begins, life begins immediately. But the state of Mississippi said after 15 weeks you can't have an abortion. And we ought to be able to decide that as a state. That's what the case is about. It doesn't ban abortion. But to even have to think about that, to even have to say, we have to make that decision as a nation whether to terminate a child or not after they've been born for two weeks. It escapes me even worse this morning to say how that I feel in my heart. And I can't even imagine how mothers that love their children dearly feel this morning. God has charged us to protect our children. And I want to ask you this. I'm going to give you a couple examples, see what you would do. You don't have to. Don't answer out. Just listen. Would you consider abortion in the case of a very poor man and a wife that had 14 children? Almost destitute, no money, barely making it with 14 children, and a 15th one is on the way. Considering their extreme poverty... In the growing world population, would you recommend to that family abortion? If you would, you just killed John Wesley. What about a father who is sick with the flu and the mother has tuberculosis? They have four children. One is blind. The second one has died. The third one is deaf. And the fourth one also has tuberculosis. And this lady finds out she's pregnant again. Would you recommend abortion? If so, you killed Ludwig von Beethoven, the great composer. What about the case of a white man raping a 13-year-old black girl and she becomes pregnant? What if her parents had forced an abortion on her? If they would have, they would have killed the lady named Ethel Walters. She's the great black female singer who blessed audiences around the world during the Billy Graham Crusades. Protect the children. We learn from our beginning uh, text in Exodus that Jochebed hit her little boy for three months. And other mothers were letting their boys be thrown into the Nile River at the command of the demonic king, the Pharaoh. Just because some government figure tells the nation that killing children is okay, that does not make it okay. Ronald Reagan noticed something, and he just said this simple thing here, that everyone defending abortion was alive. How ironic. Mothers, protect your children. And also help other mothers protect your children. The answer is not being mean. The answer is not running these ladies down. The answer is to present the gospel to them out of kindness and love and offer other options besides abortion. 
Now, when it was no longer safe for Jochebed to keep the infant child, she put the boy in a basket she had made. And this ark was made from reeds, and then it was coated with slime and pitch to make it waterproof. I'd seen some pictures what they thought it might look like, and it wasn't really a little basket. It was more like an enclosed capsule and ark that she put this baby in and sets it in motion. She had a plan. What have you built for your family, ladies? Noah built an ark to save his family. Jochebed builds this ark to protect her little son. She was a very intelligent lady. She had this whole plan lined out of how it was going to happen, and it worked. God blessed it. We don't see it in the text, but we know it to be a fact that the Nile River at that time was infested with crocodiles. It was very dangerous just to even step foot inside of the Nile River because you would be taken over by these animals. But Jochebed's provision protected that boy not only from the raging waters, but also the crocodiles that were in there. Are you protecting your children? There are crocodiles in our world just wanting to devour our families. We had the crocodile of drugs. We had the crocodiles of sexual immorality and diseases. We had the crocodiles of violence. You cannot keep them out of the world. There's no way. But you can put them in that ark, Jesus Christ. Amen? One of the greatest things you can do as a mother is introduce your children to Jesus Christ. Do you know most people that are lifelong Christians, 85% of them were introduced to Jesus Christ between the ages of 5 and 10 years old. So we have a great responsibility, not only to bring them to church, that's a very small part of it, but them times at night when mom sits down with them children and opens up that picture Bible and reads and tells the story of Jesus Christ. We need that more than ever. Once again, thank you for listening to our broadcast. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Now, we ask you to help us keep bringing great Pentecostal messages to the world. Join us in our effort to reach the lost by supporting this ministry with a generous offering. We cannot do this unless people just like you give to help cover the costs. On the home page, click on how you can help. There you can give by credit card, debit card, or e-check. Let the Lord bless you and use you in your giving. Now, back to the message. After Jochebed had done all she could for this little boy, she had to trust God in releasing. And what amazing story it is as you read it. She sends the deliverer of Israel in this little basket straight into the enemy's house who desires to kill this deliverer. There's no doubt in my mind Satan had this all planned out. I can prove to you through this passage, Satan doesn't know everything. Satan knew enough that God was trying to raise up a deliverer to bring the children of Israel out of bondage. He knew God had set that motion in plan, but he didn't know who it was. So he, the devil said, I know what I'll do. I'll get somebody to start killing all the little children. And they started killing the children. But here God is coming in the back door with this plan. She puts the little boy in this basket and sets him afloat in the river straight down 
into Pharaoh's house. Isn't that awesome? You think about that story, man. That is just great that God had this plan. I'll just send him in the devil's house to let him be raised, and I'll protect him right there to just show you how much authority and power that I truly have. And not only do they get the child protected and bring him within the enemy's camp unknowingly, they go back and get his mother to raise the child and then give her a salary for raising her own child. Now, I don't know about y'all, but we never got paid to raise Zach and Matt. Man, that's God doing some blessings right there. But that's how God operates when you follow after Him. When you put your children before the Lord, and even the worst of circumstances, even when the world is desiring to take them out, their God is to bring an answer. All you can do, though, mothers, is protect, build, and then you have to release. When we've done all we can do, we have to release our children into the world at some point. I'm not a mother. I don't know what it feels like from a mother's perspective, but I've had to do that twice with my children. We've done all we can do, and now we just release them back into the world. But when we trust God, it's amazing how the story unfolds. I heard Glenn talking about me in Sunday school. I heard him. But that's okay. After all them years... I fought with my mother and my father. I was a bad child. I left home at a very young age, 17. And when I went out into the world and I, I went on, I maintained myself. I did what I was supposed to do. Had a lot of disappointments and heartaches on the way. Then one day, Jesus Christ ran me down at Stonefield Church of God. And all these years have passed, and I talked to my mother yesterday on the phone. And she couldn't help but break down crying. And she said, you know, son, your life has turned out pretty good. You're not rich, but you have it all. You've got a family. You've got a wife you don't deserve. She told me that. She loves Jennifer. Jennifer always thinks about her. And you've really grown up to be a man of God. She didn't see me, but I was crying too. Folks, I don't know what you're looking for out of life. But if one day we can stand up and our mother could say that about us, to me there's no higher honor I could have received. There's no amount of money that could replace what my mother said to me over that phone. That is just wonderful. And for a mother to look back over all those years that trusted God and to watch Him deliver me in the ark of Jesus Christ to where I needed to be after all those years, I'm happy to say I made it. Not by my own strength or power, but by the grace of the loving God. You know, Jochebed made sure that Moses had provision all the way. It's a really amazing story if you read it in those short verses there. This mother made sure he had something through his journey. You know, it's a responsibility to make sure the needs of your child are met. It's not the government's responsibility. It's not your parents' responsibility. 
It's not the grandparents' responsibility. It is the mother and father's responsibility to make sure the needs of the child are met. Well, how can I find help in this day and age we live in, Brother Wilson? I understand from a secular viewpoint, it's tough out there. Gas is going up, food is going up, our paychecks are getting smaller. And if we look at it through the eyes of the world, it looks like it's almost impossible. And so many people are in that place, and they just throw their hands down and walk away from it. And the people that suffer are the children. But you know, when you look to God, I, I, I don't know a whole lot. I'm not an educated man. If you listen to me preach for about five minutes, you're going to come to the conclusion real quick that I'm just a hillbilly. That's pretty evident in the way I talk, in my slang, in my vernacular. Uh, but I do know this. I do know that God has changed my life. He changed my values, the way I think. I'm content with such things as I have. And that journey never stops every day of my life. And I tell you this, if you're struggling today and you're not finding the answers, nothing's adding up, I can tell you what's wrong. You and your family have not released yself to God. When you do, when you release yourself truly to God, you're going to find that God's going to come in and fill the void and the need. I'm not telling you there won't be tough days. I'm not telling you there's not going to be some days you just want to throw up your hands as a human being and say, you know what? I don't know if I'm going to make it, Lord. But you're going to find in your journey, through your good times and bad times, Jesus Christ will always be there if you'll stay by His side. More than ever, our world, as it goes into unknown darkness... Our parents need to find the resources they need in the Holy God. We're obligated to buy our little ones food and shelter and above all, the knowledge of the Lord. There is no doubt that protect, build, release, and provide is no no easy task. It's not. But I know by the grace of God you'll make it. Now let me close this little sermon out with a story. I want to carry you back to the small analogy I made earlier about the lady with 15 children, if you remember that. The mother at the heart of that story, her name is Susanna. She was the 25th child of a non-Christian family. 25 children. Though intelligent, she received very little education. Strong-willed at heart. But she lived in an age that was dominated by males. She married an older man, and eventually they had 19 children total. Nine of them died. Her house was burned up. Her barn fell in. Her health failed. And she lived on the brink of starvation most of her years. Her name was... Susanna Wesley. Her and Samuel married in 1689 in England and pastored in a little dreary town named Epworth. They pastored some 40 years and endured hardships most human beings will never face in their life. One time, Samuel was thrown into what they had at the time called debtor's jail. See, if you didn't pay your bills back then, they'd throw you in jail. 
He had no money. What little he had, he couldn't manage it. They threw him in jail. They were both so strong-willed. Listen to this. They would get into arguments over politics frequently. They got into such a strong argument one time over the king that was soon to be elected that they got this argument got so heated they separated until the king died and then they come back together in their house. They disagreed on Susanna's ministry. Why? Because when she would hold Bible study, more people would come to her Bible study than his. Susanna gave birth to a little girl during the election of 1705, and the nurse was so exhausted and overwhelmed by the rivalry that was going on in the house, she fell asleep heavily and rolled over on one of their girls, and the child suffocated to death. Susanna was bedridden herself. And she had to delegate duties to the children. So many of the children were wayward that she called them a constant affliction. Her rich brother had promised her a gift to help them. And mysteriously, he disappeared and was never seen again. Her husband Samuel was thrown from a horse and it injured him so bad, she said he was never right again. But out of all that difficult life... That dreary little parsonage there in Epworth was destined to become the most celebrated in English history. From there, the two greatest evangelists of all times would come forth. John and Charles Wesley. The mother who raised them shook the world and she didn't even know it. Y'all would stand with me this morning. This brings us to the end of this sermon. Don't forget to help us in our effort to bring the message of the cross to the world. We need your prayers and financial gifts to make that happen. Also, be sure to check out our website schedule and prayer wall while you are here on Power of the Cross Radio. We stream great Christian music and sermons all day, every day. Again, thank you for joining us today. May God bless you and keep you. Power of the Cross Radio is a production of Cross Faith Ministries. Visit them on the web at cfministry.com.